Since 2015, Pop Health Podcast has brought to you some of the best minds in healthcare, including leaders from government, not-for-profit, and investor-backed powerhouses, as they share successes, failures, and how our audience can move forward in today's constantly evolving healthcare world. Thank you for joining us for today's episode presented by 24-Hour Home Care. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Pop Health Podcast. I'm Gavin Ward, host of Pop Health Podcast. In today's special edition, I had the privilege of sitting down with Caitlin Donovan, the global head of Uber Health, and Kevin Riddleberger, who's the co-founder and chief strategy officer of Dispatch Health. These organizations are relatively new when we think of healthcare, right? I mean, Uber Health and Dispatch Health are both almost giants today, but it's been rapid growth for these organizations. And we learn about their impact in healthcare from the recent past, as well as what's going on in the near future. We hope you enjoy today's special episode, which was taken from our Pop Health Podcast All-Stars live event from November, 2021. Thanks everybody. Enjoy this special edition. So folks, uh, just very, very uh, privileged and excited to have both Caitlin Donovan and Kevin Riddleberger join us today uh, for our session that really we're talking about organizations that aren't brick and mortar necessarily, but they have the ability to move and be swift in their movement to make an impact on healthcare. So I'd like to initially introduce Caitlin Donovan, who is the global head of Uber Health. Good afternoon, Caitlin in Boston. Good afternoon, Gavin. So happy to be here and thanks for including us. Absolutely. Uh, great to have you. So folks who don't know Caitlin or don't know about her, uh, she does have uh, quite the experience with both uh, companies that you may be familiar with on the, uh, I guess, analytics side, which is Bain Capital. And then also on the healthcare side, many of you probably work with CareCentrics. So Caitlin has a background uh, leading in different roles in both of those organizations, and she was able to bring that experience and knowledge and expertise over to Uber Health. And for those of you that have been following the show for a while, um, we've had the privilege of having um, the past leader uh, Uber Health on, and we're just really grateful to have uh, Caitlin share from her lens what uh, Uber Health is up to. So we'll get to Caitlin in just a moment. I um, also want to introduce Kevin Riddleberger, who is a physician assistant by trade and now an entrepreneur. So uh, Kevin started the idea with his co-founder, Mark, back in 2013 with Dispatch Health. And many of you who are across the country may actually have used or partner with Dispatch Health. I know Caitlin's had some interactions with Uber Health and Dispatch Health. So again, Kevin's a PA by trade, and he and his co-founder came up with this idea of how to get the ED in the home. Kevin's based in Colorado, so I can say good morning to you. Can't I, Kevin? Uh, that is appropriate. All right. Awesome. So let's go ahead and jump in uh, to the session. We'll start with you, Caitlin. Since Pop Health Podcast is a podcast, we'd like to ask you, what is your favorite podcast and why? You know, I love podcasts. They're maybe one of my favorite things to listen to. Um, and recently, I've been listening to um, the Star Talk podcast by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um I thought that I wanted to be a chemistry major when I was in college until I realized I'm much too extroverted to be in a lab as frequently as I needed to be. So I think I, I scratched that itch a little bit by listening to real scientists on podcasts uh, like that one. Okay. Again, that was the star podcast or how do you... Star talk. Star talk. Okay, great. And Kevin, same question to you. What's a podcast of choice for you? Um, and I don't know if I'm allowed to, to say this, but, uh, I actually don't listen to podcasts. Okay. <laughs> um, and you know, I know we're on a podcast right now, but I, you know, I just want to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, and 
Um, you know, but what I do usually is, is, uh, read. So I'm kind of dating myself and, and picking up, uh, newspapers and, and, uh, updating myself that way or, or reading books or, or journals, um, is, is my thing. So, awesome. um, so podcasts, uh, unfortunately is, is not something I spend a lot of time on. No worries. I appreciate the honesty. Do you have a newspaper delivered to your home or do you pick it up? I do. I do. Old school every morning. Coffee with uh, Wall Street Journal um, is is my thing in the morning. So uh, love it. Love the love the feel of the paper in my hand. Awesome, man. That might be uh, that's a great memory for me as well. I'm a big newspaper guy. I do digital, but uh, LA Times subscription for me. I'm based in uh, SoCal. So uh, let's jump over to uh, let's go Kate, back to Caitlin. So maybe just briefly, 30, 60 seconds, give everybody an idea who isn't familiar with Uber Health and what you guys do. Yeah. So Uber Health has been around since 2018. And our mission is to make sure that access to healthcare isn't an issue. So we take the power of the network of Uber independent drivers, but make sure that folks have the ability to access it in a HIPAA secure way. And even if they don't have the Uber app, by connecting patients to our platform um, through a delegating, delegated booking system um, that allows a care coordinator, a case manager, um, a discharge planner to request an Uber on behalf of the patient. Awesome, and Kevin, I'm gonna get to you in a second on Dispatch Health, but uh, just some follow-up questions to you, Caitlin, um, and some personal experience. So I had the opportunity to work with Uber Assist way back in 2015 when it was just rolling out. Um, and that was when, you know, there was, uh, they actually had an in-person training with some of the uh, elite drivers in Westwood. And so I uh, had the opportunity to do a, a program with UCLA Health and, uh, and Uber Assist before Uber Health even existed. So a lot of folks might think of, they may have heard of Uber Assist, but Uber Health is more than just Uber Assist, right? Yeah, that, that's correct. So um, Uber Assist is absolutely an incredibly important product, just like Uber Wave, that provides additional levels of service beyond just the Uber X uh, platform that most of us uh, typically use and are familiar with. Um, what the Uber Health platform does is it allows you to connect a patient to an independent driver that matches the level of service they need. So that might be UberX, that might be Uber Assist, that might be Uber Wave, that might be one of our partners that's exposed through the platform so that you can um, connect the patient to the care they need, um, leveraging the power of our bi-directional logistics network. Okay, awesome. And I think most folks list, uh, maybe not most, but some may know what Uber Wave stands for, but folks, that's wheelchair accessible vehicle. And uh, that's just in uh, limited markets, uh, correct, Caitlin? That's right. So um, our wheelchair assisted product is available in 20 markets today. Um, and actually in New York City is 70% is of all wheelchair vehicle requests uh, by consumers is powered by Uber, um, Uber Wave. Oh, wow. Very cool. Okay, cool. So let's jump over to you, Kevin. So can you give like an elevator speech on Dispatch Health? Yeah. Uh, Dispatch Health is a tech-enabled healthcare delivery platform that uh, delivers the right level of care uh, to patients inside their home. So got our start back in 2013 and since have expanded across the country uh, to enable a, a wide variety of, of different services from pre-hospital uh, ER diversion, you know, care, uh, all the way to hospital level of care or sniff level of care in the home. And uh, most recently uh, bolted on a uh, mobile imaging 
arm to the business uh, as well through an acquisition to provide mobile imaging to patients inside their home. Okay, awesome. Um, and I know being California-based, Kevin, and I talked about you know your presence uh, isn't here yet, but you guys are in a lot of the country. Uh, tell us really briefly kind of where you are in the country. Yeah, so right now we're in uh, over 25 states. Uh, we are opening in California um, uh, in two weeks. Uh, wow. So uh, please uh, look out for that uh, in the Orange County uh, area. Um, uh, so kind of a sneak peek uh, there, but um, you know, had a, a large uh, expansion on the East Coast this past year, um, especially in, in the Florida market. Um, uh, big in the north uh, west, uh, up in the state of Washington, uh, Oregon, Idaho uh, area, um, Nevada, Texas. Um, we're still growing in the Midwest uh, area, um, but have have had considerable growth. Um, you know, over the years, uh, we're now uh, delivering about. Uh, this year, we'll do about three hundred fifty thousand uh, visits uh, into the home itself. Uh, that'll extend up to about 600,000 visits in, in 2022 with our continued expansion. That's, uh, that's, that is some pretty solid growth. Um, now, your, your visits, so I think when a lot of people think of Dispatch Health, and myself included, I think of like emergency services in the home. But what you just shared is, is much more than that. And we'll, we'll kind of dig in deeper there. So uh, jumping back to, to Caitlin, and I know you joined um, Uber Health after they'd already kind of dabbled a little bit um, into healthcare, but could you give us some background at, you know, where was that point where Uber's like, hey, we got to jump into healthcare? You know, I think um, Uber saw what so many of us in the healthcare industry see, and actually Sachin in the last uh, session mentioned the same thing, where um, access is a major issue and more and more care delivery is happening in the home, you know, you know, just like Kevin's leaning into. And to enable access, especially as care delivery moves to the home, you need more logistics. I think Uber saw that clearly back in 2018, which is why they entered into the healthcare space. And what we're doing today is, is really to um, uh, help accelerate uh, that migration of care from an inpatient setting to an in-home setting by making it really easy to coordinate the rides back to appointments, the delivery of prescriptions, the delivery of food, frankly, um, you know, as, as you, as you um, uh, tackle more um, acute patients and, and, you know, really excited about the impact that, that we can make in that space. Yeah, you mentioned the food delivery. I did Uber Eats for the first time uh, uh, recently. I think I was actually in Boston, where you're from, uh, when I experienced that. So you mentioned, you know, to easily make this accessible. So this is going to be for both Kevin and Caitlin. But let's start with you, Caitlin. You know, easily accessing services uh, at this point in our world in general has become more challenging with the workforce shortage, right? So this is from, you know, entry-level type driver folks all the way to skilled physicians or nurse practitioners that might be on the dispatch side. So let's start with you, Caitlin. Um, you know, I've reused Uber recently and it wasn't bad, but I have noticed a little bit of an uptick in wait times and even like a warning, like, hey, there might not be drivers available. Now that didn't happen. I did was able to get drivers. But can you tell us how you're addressing this? And keep in mind our audience, uh, many of them do use Uber Health, um, particularly for patient pickups, um, whether it's an inpatient setting or outpatient setting round trips. Yeah. You know, I think um, 
healthcare is a little bit different than any consumer product in that you can't take a less than 100% SLA um, as, um, as acceptable. And really quickly, Caitlin, SLA uh, service oh, level agreement. Exactly. So, so, you know, if we're a patient, we need to make sure that we have the same access um, as, you know, uh, uh, the person down the street as the person in a different state. And the way that Uber's trying to solve that is, is in two ways. One, you're, you're spot on about the pandemic has accelerated shortages across the board, whether that's drivers, physicians, nurses, et cetera. Um, and so one thing that we've been doing is leaning into how do we make sure that our driver base is coming back, that our wait times are acceptable. And our driver base has grown 65% since January and 25% since July because of the investments we've been making. And our wait times on average across the nation are, are at five minutes. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, which is great, which is great. You know, but that only solves a piece of the problem, right? So we recognize that Uber Health is only a piece of the care team. And we are intending to enable um, administratively friendly access um, by connecting with caregivers, right? So when Uber's appropriate, when the wait time's acceptable, when uh, you're in an urban or suburban area, that's great. You can leverage the Uber Health platform and then free up the resources of your case manager, care coordinator, et cetera, to solve for that smaller percentage of the population that may live in the rural area, um, area that may need a higher level of service than Uber Health can connect you to. Okay. And we're really trying to solve that by being a piece of the ecosystem, um, uh, making sure that we do the best we can, and then giving those workflow triggers to allow um, access for others. Okay, good. Well, happy to hear about the five minutes. Uh, that's, that's pretty neat. Now, Kevin, your workforce uh, is a little bit different. Um, so from your lens, how is Dispatch Health addressing this issue? And what are some of the maybe challenges or successes you're seeing? Um, yeah, just like, uh, anyone in, in healthcare the last couple of years, it's, it's been a, it's been a challenge. Um, you know, the, all of the uncertainties, uh, with what we're dealing with right now, uh, with this virus, um, you know, poses a lot of challenges with the workforce, you know, as well, you know, early on, it was making sure that we were doing everything possible to protect them, um, and make sure that they were safe, you know, going into individuals' homes, um, during um, the early parts uh, of of the COVID outbreak, you know now what we see with uh, really anyone uh, hiring uh, clinicians is that it's it's very very difficult. Um, you know this is uh, we are in a, a high growth um, stage right now as an organization, and we are very very dependent uh, on you know having great clinicians as as part of our platform. Um, and as employees of Dispatch Health. So all of our clinicians are W-2 uh, employees at, at Dispatch Health. Um, so making sure that they have adequate amount of experience um, and um, you know, the comfort level of being able to take care of patients um, you know, safely inside their homes. And so we've had to compete and, and be creative around how to attract this top talent uh, onto the platform. Us being a, a very new, uh, innovative, um, you know, organization, we've had the ability to be able to attract uh, a different provider that is, is wanting something new, um, being able to, you know, spend time, you know, with patients, the reasons why they've gotten into healthcare, um, you know, in the first place. And so being able to provide that, you know, for them, 
Um, but it's it's been a challenge. I mean, it's it's um, you know everyone is fighting for for really great you know talent, um, and you know whether it be the benefit package uh, or the focus overall in terms of the clinical care. Um, this is something that you know us as a as a country we need to continue to work together at and and to be able to provide resources for. Uh, individuals, whether it be from medics uh, and techs, you know, all the way up to, you know, physicians, APPs, um, uh, to be able to provide, you know, different services and, and capabilities uh, to be able to deliver care. Thanks, Kevin. And yeah, it is an interesting uh, dichotomy, I guess, between the two of you, Dispatch and Uber Health and your workforce. So uh, one thing Kevin mentioned was APPs. So that is advanced practice, uh, advanced practice Provider. Practitioner or provider. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, for those of you that may not know, so that's like a, a PA, like Kevin's a PA, and yeah. then a nurse practitioner as well um, are kind of some good examples. So um, really quickly, I'd like to do a quick poll question. So Amaris, if you can uh, queue up the poll. So for the audience, I want to ask you, how has the shortage of medical professionals affected your life or maybe your work over the past two years? So uh, that's question number three. So if you want to scroll down to question number three, you can see it there. And if you can go ahead and select which of these has affected you or those you serve over the past two years. And we'll go ahead and keep that up for another 10 seconds. And then we'll jump in uh, to the next uh, questions that I have. And we'll go over to Caitlin. So Caitlin, you guys, uh, or your title is global health. Um, I think so far we've kind of focused on, you know, the U.S. population, but can you touch on what you guys are doing outside of the U.S. as well? Yeah. You know, what, what we find is that the, the intentions of healthcare systems globally are the same. It's to keep patients healthier for the lowest cost. And having a global network of independent drivers as Uber, um, we want to make sure that we're taking the same best practices that we've seen in the United States and bringing them internationally. Um, the, the person using the service may look different uh, than the typical user in the, in the United States, but we are seeing um, other countries leveraging the Uber Health platform uh, to, to close those access gaps for their patients as well. Okay, awesome. And then Kevin, I want to jump back to you. Um, we talked about how your workforce, um, you know, you mentioned their employees. And one of the reasons Uber is able to move swiftly and quickly and people can make their own schedules, you know, there's benefits for the Uber workforce as well, for their being their own boss in a sense. With the employee model, uh, Kevin, there's, uh, you may not be able to be as swift, right, with hiring staff and you're, you're, uh, there's more to it. So has that been a challenge to grow because of the hiring process? And is the employee model something you guys are planning to stick with for now, if you mind me asking? Yeah, um, you know, we went um, and are, are using an employee model for, for a reason from, from the beginning. Um, and, and it was really to make sure that we could really understand and own the end-to-end -end experience, making sure that we really understand you know, who was delivering the care, how we measure, you know, that that care delivery and the outcomes, you know, associated with with the care itself. 
Um, how do we make sure that we own, you know, a lot of the education that goes into uh, providing this care in the home? There's there's not a playbook, you know, out there of really pushing high acuity care safely inside the home. And so we've really had to um, to make sure that, you know, we are spending a lot of time and, and focus on equipping our providers with the know-how to be able to do this effectively, you know, starting from, you know, how do we identify the right patients up front from a clinical acuity standpoint? How do we get the right, you know, team in an efficient manner out to the home? Um, uh, and then making sure uh, that we are connecting the dots, you know, after that care is performed in the home with the rest of the healthcare, you know, ecosystem. So this is something that we're continuing to focus on. You know, that being said, um, and, you know, moving forward with, you know, some of the challenges around staffing, there's different ways to be able to look at, um, you know, staffing, I think, in the, in the future. And so we're exploring a, lo a lot of different options right now, uh, as well as partnerships, you know, heading into 2022. Okay, cool. So earlier in the episode, Kevin, we talked about the different use cases or the different services that dispatch is providing. And in my head, I shared, you know, I, I'm thinking of emergency department services in the home. Can you walk us through a, a common um, use case, I guess, for dispatch health? Yeah, so, um, you know, patients uh, can access us in a, in a variety of different ways. And, and a patient could be directed by their clinician, so a primary care physician specialist, uh, or even a home health agency uh, that, you know, understands and, and knows about our service. So that individual, whether it be the clinician or the patient, could contact us. Um, we always consent, you know, with the patient to make sure that um, they understand who we are and consent to, to that care. Uh, but we onboard that individual with uh, demographic uh, and clinical information. Um, the clinical information is very important for us to make sure that we are clinically appropriate to send out that team and take care of them in the home versus being able to escalate them to a higher level of care, such as the emergency department or 911. And so that's something that we do right up front uh, with uh, our technology that we've built to help right-size that care. Um, so our care team um, centrally uh, will be able to go through that software and understand what to ask uh, relative to the patient's age, gender, and chief complaint. Uh, we will then spit out a level of risk to determine low, medium, high. Um, if there is a need to be able to uh, screen or triage with a RN uh, or nurse practitioner, PA, or physician, we're able to do that, and the system will identify that and guide them. Uh, once that individual is cleared clinically, we then go through uh, a eligibility check from an insurance perspective. So we will collect that insurance, make sure that this is a covered service, um, before we send out the team or assign the medical team. So we don't want to, you know, go out to an individual's home um, and not be covered by the individual's insurance and uh, expose them to a larger bill. So we want to do that right up front and be transparent with that patient uh, before we assign the medical team. Once okay. that is all clear, we'll assign that medical team to go out into the home to be able to take care of them. Okay. And so let's say, for example, I have an, uh, some kind of issue or chief complaint uh, was the phrase that you used. Uh, what's kind of the average or range of turnaround time if I have a non, you know, it's not necessarily a, a true emergency or 911, how soon could I get a PA or an APP? Uh, it's, yeah. On average, it's about two to four hours um, yeah. from when they actually request care to the team showing up uh, into the home to be able to take care of them. 
Okay, great. And so our, for our audience, uh, let's say our audience, I'm assuming is probably anywhere typically from the age of like 20 to, to 70 years old on, on average, there's probably some other folks uh, that may be beyond or before that. But um, this CARES is not just for older adults, right? This is for the whole gamut or, or do you limit it like children? Can ch children receive dispatch health services? So we uh, treat all ages, um, all levels of income. Um, we are Medicaid providers, you know, all the way up to, to Medicare Advantage, uh, contract with Medicare Advantage uh, plans, and then we are Medicare providers. We skew pretty heavy in the geriatric space, yep. just based on, you know, utilization of healthcare um, and aligns, you know, with that. Uh, but we treat three months of age, you know, all the way up uh, to the uh, geriatric population. Okay, awesome. And then uh, same question to you, Caitlin. I know, um, what, what's your rider demographic from an age perspective? Like when, how old does someone have to be to utilize your services? You know, um, we aren't the best for the pediatric space just because uh, the the parent would have to provide the car seat um, or be with the minor. Um, so we're good for all adults. Um, again, like Kevin, just given utilization of health services, we also skew pretty heavily toward the geriatric space. Um, but also do a lot of Medicaid business um, as well. Awesome. Um, now I'm going to ask, I'll start with Caitlin on this one and we just have a, a few more minutes left. So I don't know if this applies as much to you, Caitlin, but I want to ask one of the reasons that I think, and Kevin could touch on this in a second, that dispatch and other in-home or mobility services have really skyrocketed, including telehealth, which is like in the home service, is the public health emergency. So uh, many of the audience are probably familiar, but the public health emergency or the pandemic has basically forced Medicare's hand and the other payers to reimburse services that were previously, there was a lot of blocks or, uh, you know, speed bumps along the way to get legislation pushed through. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure on your side, Caitlin, but I'll start with you. Did the public health emergency help you guys with any policy or were you already set up where you were ready, you were ready to go um, when COVID hit? Um, so we were set up and ready to go when COVID hit, but I do think that what you're describing is the silver lining of the public health emergency, because so many of us have been talking for years um, about how to move care to the home, how to lead with digital first, and then move patients to the appropriate level of service when there's a trigger to do so. And so much of um, the policy that came out of the pandemic, coupled with some of the innovations with companies like Kevin's plus, plus Uber Health, um, uh, among many others, have enabled the execution um, uh, of that. So for example, uh, when there's a telehealth visit, patient needs to be brought in to be seen. Um, uh, Uber Health can help bring that person to the in-person care they need, whether it's PCP, urgent care, ED. Um, similarly, patients in the home has a telehealth visit, needs something delivered to the home, whether that's prescription, um, um, I keep talking about food as medicine because so much chronic care comes back to the right diet. Um, again, Uber Health can help. And I think the coupling of the telehealth that's now reimbursed, um, plus the in-home care that's now reimbursed, plus the logistics mechanism that connects those dots is really powerful in shaping care delivery for the better. Got it. Um, I had a follow-up question to that, Caitlin, and I don't mean to, to well, just cl clarification. Yeah. You mentioned uh, a drive to the ED. Do we want? Do you want to clarify like when is appropriate to use Uber to go to the ED versus not? Because I know that's like a touchy area. But our audience is very interested. 
Great question. So um, we as Uber will never take on that clinical risk or devise the clinical protocols of when it is appropriate to uh, leverage Uber versus uh, versus ambulance to um, to send a patient to the ED. We have received reports from some of our customers that when a patient was experiencing um, uh, symptoms, et cetera, did not call 911. They have used Uber Health, but again, uh, uh, not uh, not taking on that uh, that clinical decision making of when Uber is appropriate. And that's, I think, that's a fair answer, right? I, I know some people might want more specifics, but you're not in that position. That's not your expertise. So I want to applaud you for a, a good answer. That uh, people might want more specifics, folks. But um, talk to your talk to clinicians on that one. Uh, Kevin, public health emergency. We got about two, two, three more minutes. Would you mind sharing how that has maybe helped you guys deliver your services over this past eighteen months or so? Yeah, you know, we we've been on this journey. You know, prior to the the pandemic. Um, you know, we've had significant tailwinds of, of care delivery in the home. Um, if you think about what's really driving all of this pre-pandemic as well as, you know, during the pandemic, it's it's consumer driven um, the uh, a great deal. And so consumers are used to, you know, having convenience in a variety of different, um, you know, services, um, whether it be meal delivery, whether it be you know, things being dropped uh, in front of their doorstep the, the next day. Um, healthcare be, should be delivered um, and accessed the same way uh, as well. The other, you know, big driver is costs. You know, we know that we in the in the U.S. spend about $4 trillion in, in healthcare, but we're not driving significant value. And part of that value is making sure that we are delivering the right level of care at the right price uh, to those patients. And so if we can help uh, with some of the the cost structure with traditional brick and mortar, whether it be in skilled nursing facilities uh, or hospitalizations or ER visits, and we can appropriately do that at a lower cost uh, with better, um, same or better clinical outcomes and do that into the home, it's a win-win really for everyone. And so um, that's really what's driven all of this, you know, pre-pandemic as, as well as kind of skyrocketed, you know, during the pandemic. Of, of that access and, and care delivery into the home. And I think you'll continue to see that post-pandemic, um, you know, the ship has sailed uh, for a variety of different services that will be delivered into the home. Um, and so it's exciting, you know, moving forward. Awesome, Kevin and Caitlin. I wanna ask Amaris, my colleague behind the scenes, um, and kudos for folks, you can't see Amaris, but she's done a lot to put this event together. Um, Amaris, if you wouldn't mind uh, shooting me a quick Teams message if there's an audience question, cause I know we're wrapping up. And uh, we do want to allow that if time permits. So uh, one thing I'd like to ask at the end of each uh, episode is how folks can keep tabs on what you guys are up to. So uh, Caitlin, I know a lot of folks use LinkedIn. If people wanna see what's what's going on with you with Uber Health, um, is that the best way to follow you? Yes, it is. Both Uber Health and I have uh, LinkedIn pages. Okay, awesome. And then if folks who are listening or watching or, or watching the recording, and let's say they hadn't heard of Uber Health or they're interested in, in maybe talking to someone, um, how would they go about connecting with like an Uber person uh, to talk about Uber Health? Yes, if you go to um, the Uber Health website, there's a way to connect with um, an expert from our team or feel free to shoot me a LinkedIn note too. I will also respond to those. <laughs> okay, awesome. And then same question with you, Kevin. Um, what's the best way for folks to keep tabs on you and uh, Uber Health? Um, 
Yeah, I think. Sorry, uh, sorry, dispatch health. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so dispatch health, you can you know find more information at dispatchhealth.com. Uh, we also are you know pretty active on on different social media you know pages, whether it be LinkedIn, um, Twitter. Um, you know, uh, talking about different expansions of, of services as well as markets uh, that we expand in uh, to. Uh, so that's probably the best way. Um, you know, if you want to contact me directly, uh, whether it be through Twitter, Kay Riddleberger, uh, or on my LinkedIn profile, feel free to contact me. Awesome. And Kevin, are you still uh, doing some teaching as well? I know you did some teaching in the past. Um, I am not uh, doing uh, teaching uh, and mentoring, you know, um, uh, PA students anymore, uh, but, uh, you know, really have pushed and, um, you know, focused more on the entrepreneur uh, type of uh, mentoring uh, at this point uh, here in the local Colorado community. Okay, awesome. And I guess uh, with you, Caitlin, the reason I brought that up with Kevin is just his, uh, his background. I know he'd done that. Do you do any community involvement? I know you have kids. I know your family. You're running this global organization. You have anything going on on the side? I do. I uh, mostly playing with my kids on the side, and then and then involved with some some very local Boston things as well. Um, but uh, uh, having a two and a four year old uh, uh, really takes up a lot of time if you want to see them after work. So <laughs> I know I know those feelings. I'm uh, I'm beyond that stage now. But yeah, a two and four, very good. Awesome. Well, folks, um, it's really been a privilege. Uh, Caitlin and Kevin, thanks so much uh, for joining us today. Kevin, I'm going to check in with you and see if you pick up podcasts in uh, a few months. Uh, but I, it's nice to know another. Feel, feel free to push, you know, ones that are that are great. Um, it was a it was a, a good conversation with my wife talking about different podcasts last night. So um, I'm open uh, for for good ones. All right. Sounds good. Well, I know, again, uh, Caitlin's yours was the star Star talk. Star yep. talk. I didn't, I wrote down star, star talk. <laughs> All right, folks. And again, uh, folks uh, who are just a part of uh, today's session, feel free to uh, subscribe. This will be on YouTube on our Pop Health Podcast channel. And of course, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, wherever you listen or watch podcasts. Uh, Caitlin and Kevin, thanks so much. And the rest of the audience will be starting our next session, excuse me, with leaders uh, from Providence, which is one of the largest health systems in the West Coast in the United States, and with Keck Medicine of USC, which is a growing organization in Southern California. Again, Caitlin and Kevin, thanks so much for joining today. Thanks, Kevin. Bye. Thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of Pop Health Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And if you have and want to check out other episodes, visit us at pophealthpodcast.com, iTunes or Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, and now YouTube as well. Take care.